Corporate Unplugged opens the door to a world of people transforming business. They share their dreams, their experiences, and what they would never give up. So I'm so glad to have Ezequiel Vicente here with me in Cagliari on the beautiful island of Sardegna. Uh, welcome to my podcast, Ezekiel. Wow, it's great to be here. <laughs> Thank you. So Ezekiel is the Chief People Officer at Mine Valley, a company based in Kuala Lumpur, specializing in innovation in education by introducing mindfulness and personal development into global education and perpetual learning. So I know that a big chunk of your professional life is about leadership and uh, a deep understanding of what mastery takes really to be a truly effective leader. So let's start there. What is actually a truly good leader today? Hmm. In my opinion and my experience, the, one of the most important things that leaders of today have to have is the ability to constantly be in a state of self-improvement. People don't choose to follow processes or management. People choose to follow other people. And leaders have to be living examples uh, for everybody else. They have to be visionaries of what they do and visionaries of themselves, more importantly. Do you have you know, examples, apart from Mindvalley, of companies or leaders that you appreciate or you've learned from or think are great examples? Hmm. One of the things that, and I know this is going to sound weird, when we studied leadership in other organizations, what I mean by amazing leaders, we're talking about leaders who are not great at management, but leaders who are actually making impact. We're talking about the Elon Musks, we're talking about the Steve Jobs type people. You can say a lot of things about them, but they are really able to make waves and lead people into grand visions. And one of the things that we've learned from them is that the best leaders are not really the best managers. They're the biggest visionaries. They're the biggest creators. They're the biggest dreamers. Because when these are the dreamers, they, these dreamers are willing to think of really amazing ambitions that other people will just think, that is so amazing and I don't know how to get there. But because you're a person who wants to be challenged, you're like, but that's a great challenge. Like, I, I want to try to give that a shot. Like, I, it's off the books, but I'll give it a shot anyway. Mm. So that is a big chunk of the DNA of what Mind Valley is. It's it's really thinking big and being visionary about where you want and where you want to go, whether it be in whichever department we have. Everybody's aiming to be the best at something or revolutionize something towards better a, a bigger goal. I think that's one of the things that are the kind of leadership that's becoming more and more pronounced and and rightfully glorified in today's world. People who actually move the world forward. And um, thank God there are more and more people who take on this, you could say, responsibility to transform something, to change something, right? So what advice do you give to people who wish to transform themselves into a great leader? I'm going to have to dig into people who we've hired. I would say that I think there has to be a strong reason for it. If you're referring to being a leader for other people, I think you have to always start to choose that you want to lead yourself first. A lot of it has to be with regards to, do you know 
why you're here? Do you know what it is? What kind of change you want to make in the world? Do you know what you need to do to be worthy of that vision? And are you working on that vision every single day? It's simple, but it's not easy. <laughs> because a lot of us would rather just stay in our comfort zones and just say, oh no, I, what's, what I'm doing right now already works. But that is what's needed. You really need to push yourself. And then once you know that you can lead your life in a certain direction, chances are other people around you will see it and they'll be like, what is this person doing? Like, why are they doing this? And then before you know it, they will, you will influence people and they will follow and they will become leaders themselves in the long run. But you are chief people officer at Mind Valley, so a company that wants to push humanity forward. If you would describe for the people listening just who is Mind Valley for and what change are you seeking to create? Well, Mind Valley is for everyone, but if I were to really dig into the roots of of Mind Valley, one of the main reasons why we exist is because a lot of us who are here in Mind Valley feel that the current education system failed us. I, for one, our CEO vision as well, we were all products of education systems that were training us to be part of an engine or like an engine in society. But the problem is that's such an outdated model of training people because you're basically assuming that whatever we're learning during those four, five, six years is still relevant. I mean, I'm not bashing on doctors, lawyers, technical skill sets, because yes, you do need that kind of training. But for a majority of the things that you learn, like you're learning to be, I don't know, a communications expert or, or whatever it is that you're taking, a lot of the stuff that you learn is pretty much useless once you're done. And that didn't really do well for us. I, for one, did not enjoy my time in school. What, what did you study? I studied public administration and governments. I kind of wanted to be the president of my country at some point because I really wanted to change it. But even before that, when in my younger years, you're, you're, you're taught to follow, you're not taught to think you're punished for thinking creatively and trying to think of solutions out of the box. You're taught that there's only one way to do things. And then you think that the goal is to jump into some big corporation and work there and that's it. And then that's not what happens when you, when you leave. And the things that I actually wish I learned, how to manage my stress levels, how to keep myself in a balanced state, how to take care of my health, how to be a better son, how to be a better partner in a relationship, how to make friends, how to network and connect with people, how to study. No one taught me these things in school and I had to learn them the hard way. And that's why Mind Valley exists. We aim to try to provide the education that we sorely needed, but the current education system couldn't provide. So I'd say it's, it's for everybody. What's your aim in like five or ten years and so on? Is it like a replacement for such a thing like Harvard University or so? Or is it more like an add-on or...? I mean, we'd like to think that we're adding on. <laughs> because of course, a lot of topics... I mean, Mind Valley is never going to go into hard skills education. Like, we're, we're not going to go there. Uh, but we do want to be that supplementary education that people can use for their lives. This is education for your life, not yeah. education for you. Keep learning. Keep learning. And we're trying to say that education doesn't stop by the time you hit like 22, 23, your MBA. No, it should be a lifelong process. Till you're in your deathbed, 
you probably are still figuring out things about your life and that's great that's how we want people to think about learning sure and the more you learn the more you activate somehow your brain also the more it affects the general health and longevity mm -hmm. yeah absolutely but how are you as a company organized and shaped to deliver that oh wow we aim to be good at a couple of things if i were to look at mind valley internally we are trying to produce kind of like a global campus and there's certain different pieces to that you want best learning technology you want the best teachers you want the best events in the world you want to be the best in terms of art creative direction and learning curriculum design so the whole company is pretty much built around that so we're here in AFEST right now and AFEST is basically one piece of the pillar there's like a learning platform there's a great curriculum and then there's great events for people to connect with each other one thing that we know for sure worked and what i loved about my university life was that i hung out with friends and people who i, I learned more from my classmates <laughs> than my actual teachers and that's one of the things the pillars of, of mind valley's education model so it's really built around those things the technology the curriculum and the community but you mentioned to me the other night that um, that you are also now changing. Uh, you, you are how many people in Kuala Lumpur in the office? We are around 170, 180 in Kuala Lumpur right now. And then there is, of course, elsewhere. There's everybody else elsewhere in the world. We have a, we have a big customer support team in Costa Rica, and then we have a team in LA in San Diego, small team in LA in San Diego, and then we have our Russian-speaking team members in Tallinn in Estonia. That's the main major concentration of where everybody else is kind of like bouncing in and here between wherever they feel like staying. And now you're going through a certain gradual uh, kind of transformation uh, so that more and more people are going to sit remote, right? Yes. And what's the thinking behind that and how are you going to drive that? Hmm, the main reason behind it is we, we hire a lot of people. Mindvalley is 75% non-Malaysians. I mean, we're in Kuala Lumpur, but we're 75%, no, actually, as of yesterday, we're 80% non-Malaysian. And these are people who have dropped everything and moved to Kuala Lumpur and started their lives to work with Mind Valley. But at some point, everybody will want to move on and geographically move back closer to their families. Some will want to settle down. And normally you would think that, oh, that means we're going to lose these people. But that's not true. I mean, in today's world, we have, we have a state wherein the gig economy, or rather the era of kind of freelancers is starting to boom. It's very easy to work remotely right now. People are doing freelancer jobs online. You see these digital nomads popping out. I mean, Lisbon is going crazy. It's becoming like a digital nomad hub. In Asia, there's Bali. It's everywhere. And there's something to be learned from that. That that means anybody can work for any company in some shape or form, regardless of where you are. So at Mind Valley, we've chosen to not fight against that, even though our wonderful office is a big core of our culture. We said no, but that's the future of work. So instead of running away from it, let's embrace it. What if we assume that sure we'll have a core number of people in Kuala Lumpur who are leading strategy? Maybe we meet monthly, quarterly, but everybody else could technically be anywhere. And it poses quite a number of challenges operationally because you have to look at how you guys manage projects, project management, how you handle operations in general, performance, hiring. And these are really, really 
amusing challenges because they're not conventional challenges that most companies are willing to accept. Even the standard idea of checking if people are actually working in or not is, is a bit of a, why would I do that? Because the person's in a different time zone, it's a bit weird. More and more, we're throwing away the rule book of what is known as traditional management. So far, it's working. But you have so such a strong, uh, somebody would say, culture, but it's more than that. And, uh, and of course, a meeting between two people, like now you and I are sitting in front of each other, it's a totally different feeling than having you on Skype or Zoom or something. And it's the same thing that is needed, I think, in order to create this special bonding and so on. Of course, you can do it on occasion and so on, but if you do it on a, in a daily manner, you kind of get closer to each other because you're, you know, you're fighting around the same, you know, challenges, you, you're cooperating in a different way if you're physically in the same room sometimes. Don't you think you will miss that dimension somehow? I think what we noticed in Mindvalley as we started embracing this is there are certain types of activities or certain types of roles that definitely need to be physically close to each other. So in my case, as part of Mindvalley's executive team, I have to be physically close quite often, like on a weekly basis with the other executive team members of Mindvalley because we're constantly debating on topics, we're, we're brainstorming, we're figuring. But for other team members that I have in my sub-teams who are more, I guess, specialized or task-oriented, I only really need to check with them physically, maybe once a month or once a quarter when I tallied what type of meetings am I having with these people. Mm. And sometimes that goes along. Some people just prefer give me my goals and objectives and trust me to let me figure out what needs to be done and I'll keep checking with you on what's going on. And one thing that we learned is that WhatsApp is such a powerful tool. Like we're, we're basically running the entire company not on email. Like we're almost not on email. We operate based on leaving each other voice messages on WhatsApp. So even me and Vision, we don't really talk that much in person every day and he's going to be gone for three months. We're going to be separate for three months. But every single day, we are sending each other at least 90 seconds to five minutes worth of WhatsApp messages of what's going on in our minds. And that everyday loop of communication is what makes sure that we're always in brain sync with each other. And that's proven to be quite a find for us on a management level. I, Vision talks about it a lot. Um, it comes from the concept called UDA, UDA loop. It comes from jet fighter pilots like top ace pilots, where they say that the people shoot down the most number of enemy jet fighters are those who don't have a set plan. They're the ones who, okay, I go here, I fire in this direction, the, per the other airplane reacts, I see how they react, I shoot again, react, react, react. So it's instead of waiting for weeks and weeks for proposals, we just bounce ideas off each other every single day, multiple times a day. And we've never had a problem with it so far. To be fair, I was one of the biggest skeptics of this communication strategy. I was happy to be proven wrong. So and once you grow and become bigger and bigger as a company, and with that your impact, do you think the way you organize will automatically also change? Or I, I believe so. I think we're at a point where Mindvalley used to have all of its operations mostly really employed by us. We limited the number of contract work that we were throwing out because we wanted a lot of control over creative control specifically. But we realize now that creative control is very different from the actual execution of the strategy. 
And we are about to hit that point. If we want to scale to hit a billion people, we're going to have to outsource and engage a lot of external uh, help to get us to achieve these things. And I'm not so sure if they'll be able to work the way we work. We've had a couple of failed experiments with partners who we wanted to work with who could help us execute certain things. But I guess that's just like hiring. You, you really got to choose the right people to work with. That's a challenge. Yeah, that, that, you, that you really share um, values with and so on. Yeah, it's, it's values of working and values of their business as well and what they're trying to do. But when talking about these values, can you describe the culture of Mind Values through your values? Um, it would be interesting, I think, for people to know the three. Uh, well, the three main values of Mind Value would be unity, envisioning, and transformation. Uh, unity for us uh, basically means we follow the integral theory concept of world centrism if not cosmocentrism. We're not so sure what cosmocentrism really is, but world at least we believe that everybody is equal, like all races are equal. We don't discriminate based on race, gender, social, cultural backgrounds. So it's very, very, you go into our office and it looks like a commercial for United Colors of Benetton or something, because everybody's from, like, from a different country and you're, you're never gonna have lunch in a boring way because you'll probably talk to somebody who has very different table manners than you. And we love that diversity. It comes with a bunch of challenges on its own, uh, but we, we embrace that because we know that diversity brings about creativity. And then when it comes to uh, transformation, that is being in a constant state of evolution and being comfortable in that uncertainty and that state of change. When that translates to work values, that means the people that we hire should never be people who want things to be stable because we will always rock the boat and change things up week after week after week. And some people just cannot do that, cannot handle that. Seeking perfection or seeking to be better. Seeking to be better at all times, always seeking to be better. And then that means not just on a work perspective, but that mean, that also means in your personal life, you have to live that way. And you are always constantly working on something in yourself. Uh, it's something that we ask our managers to constantly check with their team members. Hey, are your team members growing or working on something in their personal lives right now? And if that, most of the time the answer is yes. And if the answer is no, that usually translates to stagnant performance as well in, in, at work. It's just an interesting correlation that we're finding. And the last one is envisioning. Among the three, I would say envisioning is starting to become the really pivotal point, especially for the leaders of Mind Valley. Envisioning is the idea that you will never, ever, ever settle for anything. Like you, you will always look for what is next. How can I be better? Yeah, look at something. Great, we achieved this win. Yeah, sure. What's next? It's always that challenge. And there's a thing that Buckminster Fuller taught us about envisioning where he said that you don't fix existing problems by trying to fix them you create a brand new model that makes the existing problem obsolete so in a lot of ways we don't like dealing with minor problems in mind like if there's a lot of minor problems in this operation why do we just remove it because and replace it with a different process or a different strategy altogether and not a lot of people can handle that 
uh, this type of environment of ever changing, always constantly challenging and so many different people. It's funny, just the other day I was dealing with a conflict in cultural conflicts. People are like, oh, this person is very rude to me. I was like, no, they're not rude. They're just from this country. <laughs> that's just how they speak. That's how they translated it in English, you know, Google Translate. <laughs> but you have 49 nationalities, 49 right? 49 nationalities. It's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. It's never boring. <laughs> oh. And um, I know that you also have this, you try to inspire your people also on board to work on personal growth, right? I mean, you're in that industry as well, so. But there is also some kind of blueprints of people where people are describing exactly what they are looking for and what kind of experience and growth, etc., that they are aiming for. Mm -hmm. And then, then that you also in the management are very well aware of those things and you take that yeah. into consideration. I think that's amazing because then you really get the best out of people. Yeah, it is. And then you have to take a look at their professional aspirations and their personal aspirations. Because yeah. Some people here, like some of the team members of AFES, they, they want to run their own personal growth events all over the world as well. And at the same time, they want to eventually live in, say, in Lisbon, or they want to go back to, say, France or Spain, or they want to go to the USA. But, instead of running away from that we just say you know what you want to run events why don't you run mind valley and take it to wherever you need to go and ola told us like i want to bring mind valley to dubai and all of us were looking at her like are you serious that's pretty difficult and agreed like, trust me i'll do it it's like okay like, we'll just let you <laughs> give it a try why not that one though has not given us any problems at all this has led us to the highest levels of innovation in mind valley because people feel that the vision is also theirs. They literally feel, and I kid you not, I just received an email before coming here. I truly believe and feel that this is my company and I want to take it to my country. And we're like, yes, absolutely, <laughs> please do it. And going back to you, uh, what would you say is your passion? You know, the thing that you really, is so important to you that you're also willing to suffer for it if it's really needed. So I'm taking off my hat now of being the chief people officer of Mind Valley. I, I have a certain righteous anger that I'm currently feeding. I was really upset with my working experience post-study, like post-university. Uh, I worked in government, I worked in non-profit, I worked in corporate. But the most depressing one was definitely government. That's where I saw reality in the face that work sucks. Like there, you have no intellectual freedom. You have no freedom to express yourself. There was corruption everywhere. And where was this? Uh, government in the Philippines. And then when I transferred to corporate, it wasn't really that different. I was still miserable every single day. But I'm like, if I'm going to be spending 70 to 80% of my waking hours here, and I'm going to be miserable, this cannot be my life. So the reason why I took up a lot of the my roles at Mind Valley is primarily because I want to prove that work doesn't have to suck. It really shouldn't. This should be one of the most amazing times of our lives when we're awake. Well, I have one and a half years to see if I can prove that, but we'll see. Wonderful. How did you find Mind Valley? Uh, that was post working in uh, government and post all these other painful working experiences. I needed a vacation, and then a friend of mine who knew a friend in Mind Valley said, hey, 
there's this company called Mindvalley. Maybe you should check them out. And I was like, I've done all these other things. Let me try to do customer support for this company. And I applied, told them my story. I told them my value systems. And they're like, okay, sure. When can you come? So I go, if you want me to come next week, I'll come next week. So my idea was to stay in Mindvalley for three to six months and answer phone calls and do support. Treat it as like a healing experience for me and then move on. But it's been seven years and I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful recruitment. What would you say are mm, transformational points in your life that have really so far influenced you the most? You know, be it people or situations. Mm. Okay. Well, one for sure that that really contributed to my obsession with effective leadership was when I was part of this youth organization called ISEC. They're a global organization. If you check out Mindvalley's leaders, 60-70% of us all came from this organization, global organization. So Mindvalley is basically a grown-up version of it from a value standpoint and what we stand for. Um, but in ISEC, we elected our leaders every year. So at some point, I was vice president of ISEC in my country. And I was a really visionary, hard-pushing leader. But I, w I pushed it too far. I was pushing the vision too far and I had I recruited the wrong people. I was recruiting people who I needed because of the skill set rather than having, sharing the same vision as me. And before I knew it, I was put on impeachment trial for my position. So one day I entered the office and there was like 200 people who were there and saying like, hey, we're here because we want to impeach you. We want you to be removed from your position. And it's funny, during that time... What for? For pushing too much and not caring, apparently, not caring about people's feelings. In my mind, I was just like, I'm trying to achieve a great goal that I thought we all agreed. But apparently, a lot of people did not share the same values as me. That was painful because it taught me a very hard lesson in terms of hiring people. And at the same time, what are the true qualities that leaders need to be able to do? You need to be able to inspire people effectively, not through words, but also through action. And I know I could have done things a lot better if I did that more. I did not get impeached, but it was like three to six months of feeling and like I'm, you're watching your back all the time because they decided not to push through with it, but still the damage was done. So I felt like I couldn't trust a lot of people. And worst case scenario, I was dating the president of our country chapter. And she was the one who was um, officiating the entire impeachment trial to remove me. So that was a fairly traumatic experience on leadership, I would say. And it completely changed my perspective on what is effective leadership, really. It has a lot to do with people and vision. Wow, that's an experience. And you were how old then? I was 22. <laughs> and I was in charge of 700 people at 22 years old. Ugh. Until now, every time somebody asks me, like, what that that memory still is stuck with me, like standing in a in a room, like a congress room, and two hundred people asking you repeated questions. It's like you're on trial, legal trial. Like, why did you do these, 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 these? And you're like, whoa! I feel like everybody's against me. And in terms of businesses and companies, what kind of long-term formula do you believe in? The one thing that I do know 
or at least I believe, is that people make up organizations. People are the reason why companies and organizations can do what they do. If you have great people, you can do great things. But we see that more and more in the future, people will choose to join organizations not because they're jobs, but because they know that whatever this organization is trying to do. So they personally resonate with the vision of this organization because it, it appeals to them and their own personal dreams. In Mind Valley, we look at happiness, growth, significance, and meaning as the four main pillars that people are looking for in a job. They're, they're like, oh, I will join a company if you, you can make sure that I feel happy or positive every day. I know I'm growing every day. I know that what I do is significant and it has meaning and I feel like I matter. If any organization can provide those four things, especially a mission that makes sense, then yes, they will join them. And that leaves, I have a, I have a strange feeling that in, in the near future, more and more people will boycott humanity minus organizations, companies who just are there to make a profit or just there feeding on the ignorance of people because people will not want to join them because they're doing ill for the world. I'm sure and we see that already we're, very much. We're starting to see it. I feel like it's some weird survival of the fittest, when, even when it comes to organizations, which is fascinating. It almost seems like you treat companies and organizations like people. They have character now. They're not just money-making machines. And I feel that's going to be even more pronounced within the next 10 years, especially with millennials and they're starting to take more leadership positions in the working world. They care about why? Why are you doing this? Is there any company that you've uh, noticed um, somewhere in the world that you look up to that you think is doing most things right? I wouldn't say that there are companies that do things wrong in terms of how they, they lead people. I think it's a choice of the values of the organization. I would never join Apple, for example. I know friends who work there. I think it's a great place, but it, it wouldn't be for me. I think what I look for more now is companies that are really striving to do something that makes sense. I mean, Google's great. They're trying to organize all of the world's information. That's, that's a crazy task. I think Tesla is amazing because they're able to figure out, okay, we're, we're trying to make driving and transportation to be not reliant on fossil fuels. And, and I keep forgetting the name of this company who said, they're kind of a pharmaceutical, but at the same time against cancer. They're, they're, an, they're an anti-cancer organization. I keep forgetting their name. But they said that we're, they're not here to compete against other companies like them. Their competition is cancer. And they're willing to work with, if not sell themselves to other organizations, if they can get to the goal faster. That's a completely different level of thinking because they're at level five tribal leadership. They, they're not even thinking about their own company. They're thinking about what's best for the world. Companies like that, I would love to join them. But also your own company. I mean, you, you are super transparent with everything you do and how you do it. So if somebody would like to kind of copy paste in a way, they're just, you know, welcome to do so. It's not like you're sitting on some secrets, so to say, and, and secret formula. You're extremely generous, I, I would say, from what I've seen. Yeah. If we dream a little bit and say that you have all kinds of doors open to you and you have all resources available, mm -hmm. is there anything in particular that you would like to see, you know, to innovate or to change? 
within Mind Valley or outside or outside. Well, this is more of a personal thing. I I would really love to fund research going more into like neuroscience. I think that the big one of the, some of the biggest challenges that the world has today, whether it be diplomacy or leadership or even international relations, are all based on the fact that people cannot communicate effectively. Us talking right now, you are understanding probably five to ten percent of what I'm saying verbally. The other fifty percent, you're probably seeing from my body language, and the remaining percentage, you probably never understand really. But if there was a way that I could transmit my actual thoughts to you, and you would understand everything that I really want to say, and the intent, and the meaning, and the emotions behind it, a hundred percent, it would really change how the world operates. You would you would break down the walls of nationalities. The whole concept of how the world economy works would probably change completely because two people could be saying the same moral values, but because it's labeled as this is Muslim and this is Christian, just because of those labels, they suddenly disagree. But their core moral ethics are the same. So I would love to fund and and move on into that type of research if it was possible. Education would be very different at that point too. <laughs> So what do you think about, I mean, you are a super diverse company in every aspect, but what advice would you give to people who are like in the 35, 45 more or less, and they're feeling that they need to stay and remain relevant wherever they are or moving on and so on? How do they do that? Hmm, what's I, the challenge and what's your, what's your recommendation? I think a very key part is figuring out the purpose of the company itself. Like figure out what is it that you're trying to do and what problem are you trying to solve in the world. And if the core people who are part of it really do feel strongly about that purpose. And after that, you'll have to figure out what are the core values that you follow to achieve that purpose. I think that that's really hard to do. It is simple, but it's difficult to do. But everybody needs to start somewhere. Actually, I'll, I'll be honest, Mind Valley hasn't completely figured out its own set of core values. Like the unity, envisioning, transformation, those are the values that outside of Mind Valley, that's what people see. We have around four to like six more that we're following inside Mind Valley, and they're still not fully a hundred percent there because a lot of people exhibit them, but some don't but we haven't nailed it down yet and there's still a lot of debate going on and we're already 200 plus so it's it's a challenge but i would say that would be the purpose and also the core values if they get that right i think 70% of the battle is is pretty easy <laughs> how come by the way that you don't i think at least that you don't have anybody above like 40 or something oh, we do. you do we do oh we i do. haven't seen them we okay. we have uh, the oldest person in mind valley is like 50 52 mm -hmm. 52 and they're just not here, and, and some of them tend to be pretty shy on camera. So the people don't, people don't see them on the website. <laughs> so if you would give one piece of advice to leaders, however you, you know, want to define those, what would that be? I would say invest in your personal growth. In your, own, sure. in personal. your own personal growth. And I'm not talking about your, your skills as a CEO, I'm talking about you, you as a person. I genuinely believe that the bottleneck for an organization to grow is the limits of how much the leader grows. 
if the leader expands their way of thinking, the organization expands their way of thinking. So please put yourselves first, invest in your own growth, invest in your health, make sure that in your, you're in great physical shape, take care of your bodies, take care of your emotional, <laughs> emotional lives, take care of your relationships and everything else will more or less fall into place. And you're the example for your team members and they will follow suit, they will follow you. And you have a good example of that in, uh, in uh, your CEO, Vision and the founder, right? Yeah. Of course, you're also in the industry, so it's like all of these fantastic things for personal growth are like in your face oh, all yeah, the we, time. We, we'd better use them, <laughs> otherwise what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> so what kind of, let's say, personal growth benefits do you have because you work in the, such a company? Well, a lot of it is um, complete, total access to everything that Mindvalley has to offer. Including the experimental ones, there's a we were constantly working with several new authors or different topics on and various topics that are not published yet, and we get to test it in our team members first. So every single we we have we call it the Human Advancement Lab at Mind Valley. Before we publish or sell a new product, we test it on our team members first. And that's always an interesting experience. <laughs> you send people through a big personal growth experience and they're like, oh my gosh, our lives have shaken. Okay, I'm expecting a little bit of drop of productivity for the next two to three weeks because you're figuring out your lives after that experience. And then it shoots up again. Uh, but more often than not, it's been um, almost always been positive. So if you go back 10 years, what advice would you give to your younger self? I would say take care of yourself. Because when I, 10 years ago, I was, I was really not a person who took care of. Health-wise, I was terrible. <laughs> Mentally, I was terrible. And among a lot of other things, I was just off everywhere. I was caught in that rut of work until you die so that you'll make enough money to retire. And you'll be miserable for the next 20 years, but after that, you'll be okay. And I was a very strong advocate of that. I was preaching it to everybody. Oh, I would love to like slap myself <laughs> 10 years ago. <laughs> like, chill out and, and take care of yourself. That's what I would say. Great. Thanks for sharing that. And what do you think is the one most important thing for companies to focus on right now? Like one common denominator for all? I'd say invest in your leaders. Invest the right things in your leaders. I would say. I think um, a lot of companies focus too much on how much they pay people, but don't really provide a lot of support in terms of how to make, uh, to invest in their team, their, their leaders' well-being, overall well-being. The more I dig into the whole training and development industry that's being used for corporates, it feels more like whoever can sell the best to the HR teams, that's, that's what gets bought. But people need more than that. People really need that investment in being able to like oh spend time every single week to take care of my my life that would be what i would ask organizations to do i think if you invest in the leaders and they start changing the organization will shake up as the team member that leaders figure out their own purpose and their own well-being it starts cascading to the company as well and everything will turn out rainbows and unicorns after that <laughs> And just as a, as a final question uh, on, a, on an either picky level, what do you think the world needs most at this time? For me, it would be an elevation of consciousness, a collective elevation of consciousness. 
when I mean by that is being able to really step out of ourselves and look at the bigger picture. Certain parts of the world are in operating in egocentric levels or in ethnocentric levels. The distribution of development of consciousness is very different elsewhere. And, and we can only lead by example. Like you, in Ken Wilber's theory, he says that if you think about the world in a world-centric state, you cannot convince an ethnocentric person to be world-centric. The only thing that you can do is be the best world-centric person you can be, and eventually they will see the light in the logic, and then they will also raise there. I think people have to be more vocal about their stance that we are one human species and we're one population, we're one group of people, that we're all just one. I think it would solve a lot of problems in the world right now. And I'm also referring to companies to do the same thing, to band together and say, hey, we're all here, we're all trying to make the world a better place. Mm. Great, thank you so much. So how was it, by the way, to be on the podcast? I think it made me think about a lot of things too. I think there's a lot of a lot of things that I hold very close to my chest, like my like that topic on what I'm righteously angry about, the whole pain of my really horrible work experience. It gave me a reminder of a lot of my whys on why I do what I do. So I'm actually really appreciative of, of this opportunity. How is this podcast doing important work, do you think? Every little bit of help or any little bit of medium or chance to give people some form of knowledge or wisdom is valuable in today's world. We can never, ever, ever talk enough about the good things that we want to do. Because the more we talk about things, the more we set the intention, the more they become reality. I know that's a little bit out there and a little bit woo when you think about it. But that's what it is. I feel like podcasts like this, no matter how big or how small the audience is, it spreads energy. Thank you, Ezekiel. Thanks for sharing everything. You are a wonderful person. So to find out more about Mindvalley, they should go to mindvalley.com, right? Is yes. there anything else we should point to? No, mindvalley.com okay. is the best yeah. place to go. And uh, also you will find links and show notes on uh, corporateunplugged.com slash podcast. And also, just to remind you to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Acast. And I also truly appreciate if you share this episode with your network and friends for impact. Share it with the people you know would benefit from hearing this. So thanks for listening. And until next time, live with purpose and remember to unplug. Ciao. All right. Thank you, everybody. Thank you.